Well, good morning, Greg. Thank you very much for the invitation. Well, my guess is there's a lot of a lot of players that, that had their voice as a part of this. Um, the governments, I spent a fair bit of time talking to Minister Fideli, the Premier, and others about the challenges with the auto industry, uh, what the U.S. is doing, the Buy American, Buy U.S. provisions, um, the incentives that the government in the U.S. was was putting on, you know, EV vehicles to be produced in a few years, what that would do to the Canadian industry. So like, there has been a lot of conversation. So not only, of course, would I be speaking to the government, but the supply chain. And obviously there's other discussions going on still about software lumber, the challenges that, that the tariffs are creating. And so there's been a lot of a lot of voices and uh, there's been a lot of listening and there, if we do nothing, and I think where the provincial government's head is at is, is if we do nothing, uh, then we really stand to get slaughtered in some of the key industries in this province. Well, I think so much of what Biden is doing is as a result of Trump. Trump got elected on a narrative of terrible trade deals, which was correct. He he uh, he would drive through Ohio and point to shuttered auto plants and say this is as a result of NAFTA, and he was right. So what you know, so what Trump did was wrestled away the protectionist narrative from the Democrats. Um, if you take a look at NAFTA, who signed it? Clinton. Obama ran an election on he was going to fix it, did nothing. So here all of a sudden you have a, a Republican um, talking about terrible trade deals and then actually blowing it up. Um, so to me, Biden's response, a very aggressive response, is as a result of doing everything possible to win back that narrative. So are some of the things he's doing going to be potentially worse? The answer is yes. Um, I was pleased when Biden got elected because I was pleased that there would at least be an adult in the White House. But I would be disingenuous if I said he's not causing us grief. Well, I don't think there's a conflict. I mean, you, you I, I give Biden credit for saying, listen, we want to green the economy. We want to stabilize the auto industry. We want to create jobs. So here's what I'm going to do. So the question isn't so much what Biden is doing. It's what are we going to do? Um, do we have enough clout and influence to have him exempt Canada? Um, or if, in fact, we cannot get him to exempt Canada, what's the government going to do? Are they going to match the incentives? Um, will they pay incentives for American consumers to buy Canadian cars? Will, so, it's, so the question becomes twofold. A, if you can get an exemption, perfect. If you can't, 
then here's what you have to do. So I compliment, frankly, the UAW for pushing um, Biden's administration uh, to, frankly, uh, create work in the in the auto industry. Well, first of all, we're going to it's really about pulling together, I would argue, some of the better minds when it comes to trade and industry about formulating different plans, proposals, using our established networks uh, to, to, to lay out the arguments. So, for example, if Biden doesn't exempt Canada, I mean, we will be explaining in, in no uncertain terms that he's also hurting American auto workers because you can't buy a Canadian built vehicle um, without U.S. parts. As a matter of fact, there's a heck of a lot more U.S. parts in a Canadian manufactured vehicle than Canadian parts. So what do you say to the auto, what do you say to the UAW auto parts or non-union auto parts workers in the United States that, that frankly stand to get slapped? Um, you know, we can start to walk through. We have specialists that understand, of course, uh, the uh, software lumber industry, the forestry sector. Does it make sense that an American consumer is paying $36,000 more for a new bill just based on the tariffs uh, that they're slapping on Canadian software lumber? It's just completely ridiculous. So it really is about pulling together people, formulating a strategy, and then and then executing it. Well, first of all, the auto executives will drive manufacturing, um, whether or not it's the assembly or the parts, to the lowest common denominator. They'll always use the argument uh, that we have to compete with Europe. Um, we have to, well, we have to compete with, for example, Poland would be a, a low-cost supplier for Germany as it relates to auto parts for the purpose of the conversation. They'll always say that you have to chase the lowest common denominator because of the global competition. But the facts are is that we rely on each other so significantly. So, look, the historical trade disputes, I would argue, are going to continue. Um, if you see what's going on right now in Mexico, um, you've got the uh, the GM workers in Salau, 6,300 of them voting yesterday and today um, to get rid of the yellow union and, and, and enter free collective bargaining. So what will happen as things start to change in Mexico as a result of the new NAFTA? The expectation is that raised, uh, wages will rise significantly. So then what becomes the next argument? Um, so, look, there's no question when it comes to the auto industry, I don't think there's any industry uh, that is more integrated than that. In, in many circumstances, parts will cross the Canadian-U.S. Uh, border four or five times before they go into a vehicle. So I don't know how you stop that. So the argument in itself um, you know, it sounds great in theory, but the practical reality and implementation may be much more difficult than that.
Oh, absolutely. I've spoken to the prime minister. I've spoken to the, uh, to the uh, finance minister. I've spoken to the industry minister. And the bottom line is, is they're, they're going to play. Um, I was on a call with Stellantis over the Brampton assembly uh, plant and the federal government and provincial government were very, very straightforward to say that they would ensure that the incentives are matched. Uh, here in Canada, uh, in order to make sure that we can compete with the United States. So, look, the governments understand that decisions made today will have an impact five, six years down the road. So the government knows that they can't say to the auto industry, look, we're not doing this. We're not going to match. We're not playing that game. Because they know that the next generation of, 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 of Stellantis products from Brampton will end up in Belvedere. They know um, that some of the major investments that have been uh, committed um, uh, by the Detroit Three, you know, uh, will be problematic if, in fact, um, there is no desire anymore to build here. So, so that the governments understand 100% what's in play, and they're not going to get caught, which is music to my ears and. Like I said, I've been spending a lot of time talking to both the provincial and federal government on this. Correct. Correct. They will match. No, they're, they've been very. They have been very specific. They will match the incentives um, to ensure that there's no um, no rationale. Uh, to moving the uh, future product portfolio. So they are being very specific. They're, they're in the game. They're not going to get caught. And they're being quite straightforward about it. Well, we expect that. Um, if they were to announce that the next generation of the Brampton products were going to be built in Belvedere, uh, there will be hell to pay here in Canada. It'd be very straightforward. Uh, our, our plant is not going anywhere. Um, so we are having a lot of conversations with Stellantis. They're well aware of what the federal government and provincial government are prepared to do. Um, and I think that fact of the recent conversation we had certainly puts us in a pretty, pretty good predicament. Um, look, it's cheaper to build a car in Canada than in the United States. It's much cheaper. 100%. The current, yes, uh, universal health care, the exchange rate, uh, those are huge, huge numbers. So let me give you a let me give you the Coles Notes education on costing. For every one one uh, you know one percent difference in the exchange rate, for every one cent, it's sixty cents an hour. So if the exchange rate is at you know is at eighty cents, then you're looking at the twenty points. You're looking at twelve bucks an hour, right off the bat. If you look at universal, if you take a look at our universal healthcare in Canada, that's probably another six bucks at least. So if you just just add those two right off the bat, you're looking pretty good. Absolutely, and here's why. 
Um, the key ingredients in building the battery, which is the heart of the new vehicle, you need aluminum, you need nickel, you need magnesium, you need cobalt. We've got all of that. Um, so we are well positioned um, to, I, I would argue, to have at least two battery assembly plants, potentially three, if if the stars are all aligned. And if you end up with you end up with battery plants, then you got to know that 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 will in itself lead uh, to to, uh, to to production. That in itself will lead to investment. I think the recent negotiations we did in in 2020, and then with Cami in the beginning of 2021, we bargained over six billion dollars. And that's huge money. And what it did is it changed the narrative here in Canada because the perception was that Canada was losing all of the if its assembly uh, plants, if the assembly plants go obviously the supply base leaves as well. But with those announcements, the auto industry and the the, uh, the auto parts sector went, hey, hold on here for a second. Canada is in play, and not only are they in play, they're in play for the long term. So what the heck are we going to do now? So it really changed the narrative uh, that set of negotiations. And also the fact that both levels of government put up their hands immediately and said, listen, we're in. I will argue that here in Canada, I've never seen such cooperation between the federal and provincial governments as it relates to the auto industry. And I've been around a long time. Well, I'm expecting that we're going to be hearing something fairly fairly shortly. I know of a lot of conversations that are going on, and it's not just kicking the tires, and it's not at the kicking the tire stage either. Um, I wouldn't say that announcement is imminent, but I would say that announcements are coming fairly shortly. Look, I believe in a thriving democracy, so your candidate doesn't always win. So it's my responsibility to work with the government that's in play. And if the government wants to cooperate with us on, on in, in industries that are important to our members, that I'm all in. Um, we share the uh, we share that we want this industry not only to survive but to grow. Uh, he understands that the auto industry is the number one export industry in his province, and he understands the money and the taxes that are brought in as a result of it. So any government that wants to build the auto industry will have my support in that regard. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Great. Thank you.